Are you sitting in a space where you are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel like a prisoner to the cycles of depression? Do you feel stuck in your own life and feel frustrated and lost, but yet you know there is so much more on the other side of this mental breakdown? I want to hold your hand through this therapeutic life healing journey. I will help you navigate emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking massive action so you can align your mind, body, and spirit to completely transforming your life. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, of stepping into your power and experiencing your breakdown as your breakthrough. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm your therapist, your coach, your mentor. Join me as we heal your life together. Welcome, friends, to this episode. I'm so glad that you are here spending your time with me and my special guest, marriage and family therapist, and a dear friend of mine, Bernadette Kildani. She is a therapist out in California and is also part of my Assyrian community, my soul sister tribe. And I'm so excited for you all to get to meet her. And she's just so passionate about this topic. And I've had the opportunity to, and the pleasure to, to get to witness Theta Healing directly from her. So I cannot just recommend and refer her enough for anyone who's interested. But without further ado, we're going to dive into the topic of stress and how stress gets stored in the body and ways that we can use energy work to release it, become mindful of it, notice it. And before we dive in and introduce you to Bernadette, I just want to take a moment to thank you so much for taking time out of your life to tune into the episode and be a subscriber to this podcast and leave a review if you find any value in the things that I share, the people that I interview, the incredible, amazing guests that I've had. And if I've added any value into your life, thank you so much for taking the time to subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really helps to reach more people and being able to help them on their healing journey, empower them, inspire them, and remind one another who we are able to be even in times of pain and sorrow, that the joy can exist, that the stress doesn't have to stay stuck, and that we can be our own drivers in our own life despite all the chaos that can be around us at times. So I just want to thank you wherever you're tuning in from, whatever country you're tuning in from. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And let's dive in. Hello, Bernadette. Welcome to the episode. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here today. Bernadette, will you share a little bit about yourself, your services with listeners, please? Sure. So my name is Bernadette Keldani. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I provide one-on-one sessions to clients. I also provide training and consultation to groups. One of my passions is working with people to overcome stress. So I love stress. I, well, I don't love stress, but <laughs> I love learning about stress. I love learning about the brain. I'm really interested in body-centered approaches like breath work, yoga. We're going to talk later about energy-based psychology like EFT. So I'll share a little bit about that as well. But I had a really long journey, I would say, with stress. And I think this is why I'm so interested and passionate about helping people to 
not only manage stress, but really to, to understand it and be able to overcome it and just have more control over their life when it comes to that. So, oh gosh, for me, I feel like I've battled with stress for decades. I'm a child of immigrants, refugees. I mean, we left through a very politically difficult time, you know, traveled to new countries and experienced difficulties in poverty and that sort of thing and really had to figure it out very quickly. So I feel like I've had stress since I was a very small child. And then, of course, you know, going through school and just life and all that. And for me, my stress really manifests in my body. So not only, you know, my mental health and emotions, but really my body, right? So how I came into energy psychology, you know, when you go to school, you learn all sorts of theories and, you know, some really resonate and some don't and nothing really, really stuck with me. I like the concepts of like using logic, but I really loved learning about the brain. So fast forward many years after I had graduated and, you know, was finished my internship and I was about to be licensed. So I'm getting ready to take this licensure test, right? So it takes a, a really long time for this thing. So it just seems really a lot bigger than it actually is, right? So we, we graduate, we do our hours, and then it's this magical test that we have to take. So it seems huge, right? So it's, it's even bigger in my mind. So as I'm studying for this test, you know, I bought the material, I listened to it three different times, I wrote this whole huge binder worth of notes, right? And I found that my body, and, and we know, you know, stress is held in the neck and shoulders, right? So my neck and shoulders were just in so much pain. I mean, I thought I had like a problem. Like I thought I had like arthritis. I mean, at one point I was going to go to the emergency room to get my neck scanned because I would wake up with stress. I'd go to, uh, with pain. I'd go to sleep with pain. I had pain in my neck and shoulders throughout the day. I mean, it was, it was unbearable. So I did a practice test and it was supposed to be like a dress rehearsal mock test a week before the real thing. And I was in so much pain after the test. I was just done. I mean, I had to lay down. I, I took the, it was only a four hour test. You can sit for four hours, right? So it's, doesn't really make sense that I'd be in that much pain after sitting for four hours. I sit for eight hours, you know? So I was just thinking, man, I really hope. And at that point I wasn't thinking, oh, I really need to figure this neck thing out. At that point I was just thinking, I hope this doesn't happen next week for the real thing, you know, the real test. So just, you know, that week happened, there was an EFT training available. So my normal self would be like, no, don't spend your eight hours at a training learning about EFT, emotional freedom technique, which is an energy-based psychology branch, right? But I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to this training. I have this test on Saturday. Maybe it's perfect timing, right? So I go to this training and I just love the information. It's integrating the body and the brain and using modern psychology to provide people with symptom relief, right? 
So you could target lots of things with EFT. But in my case, I was at the training. I thought, okay, I have this test coming up. I have a whole lot of stress and anxiety. When it comes to this test, I will target that, right? So I got paired up with um, a person in the training. So we were going to practice, right? And the trainer, she's amazing. Her name's Jeanette Lassiter. She is certified in EFT. And just happenstance, again, I got paired up with one of her supervisees. So this person had a lot of experience with EFT, right? So, and I didn't know this. So we went through a series of interventions with EFT. And EFT's premise is basically like emotional stress gets stuck in the body, right? And it's uh, interpreted as stuck energy. And with that, it manifests in different ways, right? So this very skilled clinician was able to talk to me about the test, connect the emotions, the fears that I had with it. And through a sequence of tapping, we were able to discharge that energy. And it moved through my body. And I have to share with you, it, it literally felt like lightsabers were coming out of my neck. Like it was like an instant where I just felt this remarkable relief. And I just thought, whoa, I had been struggling with this pain, obviously using other techniques, right? Stretching, sleeping, hydrating, talking about the test. But really it was this this EFT energy psychology encounter that I had at a training that really was able to process and move those emotions, thus changing my physical experience, which was, whoa, the stress was released. The lightsabers came out of my neck. And I just, I I mean, it was like amazing that it was gone. And then I was able to take the test without the fear of, oh my God, am I able to sustain the sitting for four hours, you know? That was incredible, Bernadette. I mean, to have you just be able to use this technique that really tapped into the distress and release it that quickly. For folks who are listening, who are newer to understanding body connection to, and how we hold our stress, uh, what mm-hmm. are from your experiences ways that our bodies store trauma? And I remember off record, we talked about kind of the filing cabinet and how we... Yeah store memories. Can you go into sharing a little bit about how you came to understand trauma and the body? Yes. Yeah, I sure can. So I'm going to use a lot of analogies here just because that helps me remember information. So basically we want to talk about schemas. Okay. So they're basically little maps of reality that teach us through experience what to expect from life and how to respond. So that's a schema, right? And there's two parts. There's what to expect and how have I learned to respond to protect myself or get what I need, right? So in a sense, these schemas by default are unconscious, right? So they're unconscious and they're, they're stored away in the form of memory or information, right? Kind of like as if you had a filing cabinet, right? And so if you had this filing cabinet with a bunch of different files, 
right? Or memories. Some memories are what we call normal memories that you are able to file away. You can pull them out. You can review the information. You know when they occurred, what occurred, and you put them back in the filing cabinet, right? Now, there are other memories um, or information that aren't tagged or created in the same way. So we sometimes refer to these as trauma memories. So they're not sequential. They seem like they're frozen in time and they're not stored in the same way as the other memories are in the filing cabinet, right? They're situationally accessible, meaning that a trigger in the environment could bring on the memory and you didn't consciously retrieve it as if I were to ask you, hey, edit, what did you have for dinner last night, right? So going back to the whole idea of implicit memory is it's unconscious by default. So what, let me explain what that means. So I'll give you an example. So when you are walking down the stairs, right, that's a form of implicit memory. You're not consciously thinking left, right, left, right, left, right. If you were, you might actually fall, right? So implicit memory is just automatic, unconscious, and it helps us essentially walk our walk through this world, right? Now, about 15 years ago, uh, research on implicit memory, they thought that before, like, so, so before 15 years ago, they thought we can't change implicit memory. Like once a memory is created, the file is created, and it is stored, whether it's stored in the filing cabinet or not in the filing cabinet, whether it's a normal memory or traumatic memory, we thought once it's created, it cannot be changed, right? So our field really looked at ways to use logic, right, to change people's perspective and really control implicit learning and what's referred to as incremental change, like small changes over the course of time. So things like Forms of therapy like CBT were created, right? CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, it's teaching people to use logic, use things like thought stopping or cognitive reframing to help people control their thoughts and basically thus impacting their emotions, right? So, but now uh, we have about, you know, 15 years of research on implicit memory and the brain. And what's exciting is now we have ways to go into the memory, access the files, and then change it and then reconsolidate it. So we refer to this as transformational change. In a way, you're able to take the file, discharge the stuck energy or the stress you know, change the belief systems around it and then refile it so it doesn't have the same impact on you, right? And it's not an unconscious struggle walking through this world and feeling like you don't have control over your experiences, right? But being able to look at things, you know, your experiences and then change the way you respond to things. So that's what's really exciting. And what are some ways to create that new relationship and release that stress or that trauma memory and file it back? 
So EFT has, you know, it's been on TV. I mean, there's like TV shows with it. There's documentaries that talk about it, but basically it's just a branch of energy psychology. So I don't want you guys to think it's the end all be all. It's just one branch of it. There's also things like CEP, which is certified energy psychology, which uses similar techniques, but essentially energy psychology brings the body and the mind together. How does it help create that new relationship with the memory? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. So this is one of my most exciting things to share. So essentially with memory reconsolidation research, and again, it's not that old, it's only 15 years, right? What they found is that there's two major steps that one needs to take in order to take the file, edit it, and put it back into its new form so it has new effects, which is basically bring the memory to an open state, right? And we do this by activating the memory. And I'll, I'll explain how this works with EFT or energy psychology. So, so bring the memory to an open state, connecting to the feelings of that memory, you know, and then introducing the information that proves the information is incorrect. That's called disconfirmation, right? Now, when they studied memory consolidation, initially they utilized a chemical method and they were able to do this with mice, with protein synthesis and that sort of thing. Now, how it works with energy psychology is, yes, you can. You can follow the two steps, which is connect with the memory and then basically counter the information. But what I find is that if we're able to get our body into a relaxed state, right? And this is really connected to the research, the initial research with the mice, right? We're not using a chemical method to protein synthesize our memory. If we could get our body into a relaxed state, it's kind of like opening a window. Then we counter the information. Our brain isn't able to hold both pieces of information at the same time. So essentially, when that window opens up in that relaxed state, our body's able to accept the new information, right? And the new information more accurately connects to the present moment. Therefore, you won't have the same emotional reactions, right? So for me, going back to my test, right? the person I was paired with was able to walk me through connecting with the anxiety and the fears of the test and had me identify, you know, she kind of dug, identify what it was exactly that was creating such a dramatic stress response in my body. And for me, it wasn't just failing the test, you know, because you could, t- you could take a test again, you know, it was being a disappointment to my dad. And my dad, if you knew my dad, he's one of the most uh, go with the flow, kind, no big deal people. So it didn't really make sense why I was having such a strong emotional reaction. I could always take the test again. And my dad was just a very relaxed and encouraging person. So that was a belief system somewhere I created and she was able to identify. And through the tapping, 
we were able to relax enough to then reintroduce new information. And essentially we rewrote, we edited the file that was creating such a negative, stressful reaction in my body. And like it happened instantly where it felt like I'm telling you, I was in so much pain that the lightsabers came out of my neck and I, I just had relief and it sustained the relief sustained. So it wasn't like the next day I was sore. I mean, it was, it was gone. And then I was fine for the test. Wow. That's so powerful. It's so, so powerful how like that connection was made. It's like we store so much in our bodies that we don't even know how that stress, right? Like it might seem like it's like we get attention headaches and you just, you know, take Advil and it goes away. But when you really get to the source of like, why is there a tension headache like pattern in my life? And you tap into like the narrative that might be the underlying cause of it. And then it, you find so much, your body releases so much freedom and the mind, like that connection there. So for you to know that your dad, there was a belief system you held that you didn't want to disappoint him. And mm-hmm. once you became aware of it, and mm-hmm. we're able to go through the process of releasing that and invalidating that belief system mm-hmm. and saying, you don't actually, I don't believe you, but mm-hmm. you didn't know not to believe it until you actually knew that it was even stored. Yeah. Cause I, I have to tell you, I didn't even know I held that belief system Yeah, and it was my work in talking to her that she was able to very, to dig really deep and we were able to identify that. And it was almost like a surprise to me. Like, whoa, I didn't, wow. You know? Yeah. And it's, I love, I live for those aha moments for my, like when we have them, like I've had in my own life or or working with clients and it's just, Mm -hmm. it gives a sense of like, oh, like release and relief. So Bernadette, what are some ways someone can notice stress signs in their body and what they can do about it? Let's yeah. say like someone doesn't have access to um, receiving like energy work or seeing someone for energy mm-hmm. work. So what's one mm-hmm. or two ways that there's either some resources or things that um, they can notice and do something about it if they're at home and they're, they don't have a way to yeah. access an energy worker? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. So the first part of the conversation is really there's information out there about stress, right? But I think we don't talk about it enough. Stress has huge impacts on a person. I mean, I have to throw out the ACEs study, the Adverse Childhood Experiences study, which is a huge study. I highly encourage you guys to Google it. There's over 17,000 participants, and it's really about the impact on stress not just emotionally and on mental health, but really your physical health, right? Things like cardiac disease, high blood pressure, substance use, and even suicide can all be impacted by the amount of stress and resiliency factors in a person, right? So stress impacts everything, impacts um, emotional health, it impacts mood, anger, depression, irritability, it impacts the heart, you know, blood pressure, heart attack, it impacts the gut, the skin, the bones. I mean, 
it's a huge, it's a huge impact. And I feel like we get messages, especially as women is, you know, you must do everything. You must be successful in your career. You must be an amazing mother. If that's something you choose to be, you must basically do it all and do it all at a plus level. Right. So we are probably experiencing way more stress than we even really realize. Right. So that's really, I think the first thing is knowing that we have to be really intentional about understanding stress, how it impacts us, and then what we're going to do about it. So that was the second part of your question. Like, what can you do about it? So I can uh, share a, a quick EFT technique, which I think I would be able to do, you know, without uh, like audio, you know. Um, so I could share that, which is if we, so with EFT, you guys, it's basically a merging of modern psychology and acupuncture or ancient Chinese medicine practices, right? So we're basically going to be tapping on specific meridian acupoints or endpoints in the body while saying what's called the setup statement, right? So this is something that anybody could do. It literally can take under two minutes, but essentially what you're going to be doing is what I'll describe is if you make a fist with one of your hands, on the side of your hand, there's, there's like a softer like point, right? Kind of by your pinky. So like a karate chop, like as if you were going to do a karate chop, like that point. So what you'll do is you'll tap on that point. And what you'll do is the first step. And again, this goes back to me- memory reconsolidation research is you need to connect to the feeling or activate what is stressing you, right? So you do that and you tap. And then what you do is you say a setup statement. And the setup statement is basically, even though I'm experiencing this stress or anything that you're experiencing. So you could say, even though I'm experiencing this stress, even though I'm experiencing this sadness, this anxiety, whatever it is, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. So you want to say this three times. So I'll, I'll run through an entire series. So basically, even though I'm feeling this stress, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. So you'll want to say that three times while you're tapping. And there's nothing magical about three times. What the research actually shows is We want to tap that particular karate chop point about 75 times. So you can just tap that point 75 times and absolutely find relief. But what we now know is if we are able to tap into, connect to the emotion that you would like moved or discharged or reconsolidated, right? And call in the counter information, which is, I still deeply and completely love and accept myself. Because oftentimes we don't accept ourselves. We don't accept the emotions we're going through. So this is basically saying, hey, I'm feeling this way 
but I'm accepting myself and I'm okay, right? I'm feeling this way and I don't want to feel this way and I'm struggling with this, but I still love myself. I still accept myself. I'm still okay, right? So then the body's like, okay, okay. And then the other thing I'd like to add with this, because I love research and I love the brain and I love the body is there's research that shows when we tap on these particular acupoints or these meridian endpoints in our body, particularly the karate chop, right? And then there's another one called the thalamus thump that you'll see a lot of athletes do. We are physiologically releasing the DHEA hormone, which is the antagonist to the stress cortisol hormone. So kind of like Pac-Man, think of Pac-Man. When we are tapping, we are literally releasing the DHE hormone, which is eating away the stress hormone. There's physiological studies that they've tested people's blood before, after tapping, that sort of thing. And they found a 25 to 50% reduction in cortisol compared to non-tapping groups. Wow. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. These are randomized control studies. That's amazing. Yeah. So basically the, how I see it is if we are stressed or experiencing a negative state, right? Our mem, that state is stored in our memory, right? And if we're struggling with it day after day after day, then we need to go into our memories, open that file cabinet, pull the file out, right? And rewrite it. And the way we do this is by connecting to the feeling, right? Connecting to the information, relaxing the body, right? And then presenting new information. That's one way. And then it'll get refiled. Right? So that's one way is the EFT. Now, you guys can look up lots of, there's a ton of YouTube stuff. There's actually um, EFT trained. So I'm an EFT trained therapist. There's EFT. There's people that specialize in EFT. I like to use a combination of a lot of body centered approaches. So I'm more of a energy psychology in my specialty, but So there's that. There's also diaphragmatic breathing. So if the tapping is too hard or you feel like you are struggling with like focusing on which point to do, or, you know, maybe the setup statement is is difficult for you to remember, or you feel kind of funny saying it to yourself, there's also diaphragmatic breathing. So diaphragmatic breathing would be sometimes referred to as belly breath. So these are things like um, when you take a deep inhale, you want to fill your lungs and your abdomens with air. You want to like push the air out as far as you can, right? And then when you exhale, you want to empty your abdomen, right? So it's kind of like the opposite of what we do because oftentimes our breath is shallow breathing. And, you know, sometimes we don't even breathe as much as we need to breathe. And what actually we find is shallow breathing induces the stress response, right? Because your body's like, hey, you're shallow breathing. I'm not getting enough oxygen. This is stressing me out. So it's, it's a stress response. So again, the body-mind integration. So a, another way to relax the body would be to do deep diaphragmatic or belly breath 
And there's other research that shows if we can really get air down into our diaphragm, really fill our belly with air, right? And then really empty our belly and, and engage in this type of breathing, it actually turns off the fight or flight response. It turns off the vagus nerve in the diaphragm. Like our vagus nerve, which is connected to our brain, that deep belly breathing says, hey, it's okay. You can, you don't have to set off the alarms. So if you can, so if tapping isn't something you could do on your own, do the deep belly breathing. You don't need to say anything. Just do the deep belly breathing. And then when you're relaxed enough, bring in new information, you know, use your affirmations. I am okay. I am safe. I am enough. Right. So those are two little tools, not little, but you know what I mean? <laughs> they're huge. Well, one thing I love about them is anyone can access them anywhere in the world and they're accessible. I mean, you're breathing, you, you know, doesn't matter what background, socioeconomic mm -hmm. background you come from, where you are in the world, like you can really just tap into your breathing, which is available to you. So, well, that's one, my favorite, I uh, haven't learned much about tapping, but I've heard a lot of positive things from people who do use it. The breathing one, one suggestion and tip is I, if you know me, you probably have heard me say this a lot, but just make sure as you take an inhale in your belly pushes out. And when you exhale, your belly goes in. Yes. Release that way. You're really uh, doing the belly breaths that Bernadette was talking about and receive over 90% of the oxygen in. And as you were even talking about it, I was brought my awareness and attention to my breath. So I just invite you if you're listening and just bring that awareness into your breathing right now and just take a deep breath in through your nose and allow your belly to go push out. And on the exhale, open mouth, release, and your belly goes in and just continue that for even three full deep breaths like that really can shift, like just bring us into a calmer state. Cause it is, it's like tapping into the central nervous system, the mm -hmm. vagus nerve in the body, and just really like imagining like the red flags are just like turning into yellow flags. <laughs> yes. The stress might be there, but it's not, you know, completely like on fire by just bringing your awareness to your breath. It's so powerful. Yes. Edit. That was beautifully stated. Absolutely. Bernadette, you're sharing so much great information. I'm sure people are wondering, where do I find you? I mean, energy psychology is Mm -hmm. a, a highly, I mean, I'm all about energy and I, I imagine whoever is listening to would be interested to learning more, but where can people find you? Yeah. So energy psychology is actually a brand new option on psychology today. So that's really exciting too. So my website is still in the developmental stages, but I will be on psychology today pretty soon. I'm working on developing my website and Instagram. Um, but I do have a private practice. I do provide telehealth services as well. We could absolutely do this stuff via telehealth. I will, I could give that information to you, Edit. So when the podcast comes up, you can provide it in like the links. Yeah, I'll add it into the show notes so people can yes. find you and sure. find your work. And what is one thing, Bernadette, that's on your heart to share with listeners that hasn't been said that's just... Tap, you know, just like tapping into that heart center, yeah. that 
this message is resonating yes. with someone on the other side. So right. what is on your heart? I just, I, I know you're so intuitive, so I'm sure something juicy is there waiting to be. Yeah. Ready. Yeah. Uh, I just love that. I love this question. I'm so glad you said it. So I, I really want people to know that they do not have to be a slave to their emotional experiences or their body. Cause oftentimes we feel like we cannot control either. And I, I just want people to know that, you know, there are ways that they can literally rewrite the information that's stored in their brain and it impacts them in such positive ways that it doesn't have to be a long journey, right? That it can be fast, it can be done, and that they absolutely have the skill set to accomplish this and really change their lives, right? And that it is scary sometimes. And we just have to acknowledge that, you know, we can do really tough things. And if we're scared to do something, do it scared. You know, just take the next step and just see what unfolds. Oh, that was beautiful. It's music to my soul. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bernadette, for being here and sharing all of your wonderful information and stories and examples. So I'm sure if anyone is listening, just continue to take some of those examples. Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks, Bernadette. Oh, thank you, Edith. This was amazing. This is such a wonderful experience. Thank you everyone for taking a moment to tune into this episode. I hope and I trust that you have found some gems to take away and please tune into my Instagram. I'll be doing an IG live with Bernadette. You'll get to ask her some questions. So definitely head over to my Instagram, have a follow and check out when we'll be going live. Also, I am releasing my first ever therapeutic life healing e-course and it is for the woman who feels stuck in fear and is ready to share her gifts with the world and is ready to do it in the privacy of her own home, also with a community of women. And I cannot wait to share this with you. If you are interested, please send me an email at hello at adeetc.com. That's hello at adeitc.com. And just let me know you're interested and I'll have your email ready to go. So when I share all the details, all the juicy details about the release of the e-course, you'll be one of the first few to get to know all the juicy 411. All right, y'all have a beautiful, blessed day. So much love and blessings and be well, be kind, stay safe. Bye friends. Bye friends.